I am Tarun and I'm the founder of Juno School of Business. Before this, I founded uh, two popular recruiting platforms, I am Jobs and Hirest. Discovering your calling as an entrepreneur is a lot like finding a life partner. Some people fall in love with a business idea and take the plunge into entrepreneurship. Some people decide to become entrepreneurs and then look for the idea. And sometimes you'd have just a side hustle that ends up being your main business. Kind of like a best friend who gradually becomes a life partner. Tarun Matha falls in the third category. He started IIM Jobs as a sidekick. He was an IIM alumni and would list the kind of jobs that his batchmates would be interested in. This idea became his full-time job and was eventually acquired by InfoEdge in 2019 for almost $12 million. Tarun ended up being one of those rare founders who actually generated cash wealth for his stakeholders. In 2021, he started his second venture in the space of employability and this was born out of his insights while hiring for sales roles at IIM Jobs. Tarun is on a mission to fix the skill gap in the domain of sales through Juno School of Business. Stay tuned for Tarun's fascinating conversation with your host Akshay Dutt. And if you get inspired by stories of grit and success from real entrepreneurs, then subscribe to the Founder Thesis podcast on any audio streaming platform. I worked in, you know, engineering, product management, uh i did sales i did marketing so it kind of even though those were like six months stints uh, those those gave me tremendous uh, exposure would be you know constantly looking for job and i got i got interesting i got really good at it and i used to have a massive network of recruiters who would you know constantly reach out to me send me job opportunities that you know you know i would meet friends at party and people would say you know there would be conversations around what are the prevailing market salaries which companies hiring so i used to be kind of at center of those conversations and that's how you know i am jobs got started in fact i used to have a separate email account that i created just to search for jobs and the <laughs> account that i would put on job site i would share with recruiters i would get tons of jobs uh, in that uh, email account so so you know whenever a friend of mine would ask me for interesting opportunities i would you know just give them the login password of that account uh, and i you know i would just ask them to go search themselves and one day i felt you know it would be interesting if i put some of those jobs on a blog and instead of you know me sharing login password with all of my friends you know anybody who wants to take a look can just go go and look at the jobs and and apply wherever they want right so again the intent of doing all that was not to you know build a startup or build a large business or any of that it seemed like interesting thing to do i was just discovering blogs and uh, publishing content online and so that's how you know i am jobs interestingly he got started this blog you started uh, this was like using wordpress uh, and, and you bought that domain also i am jobs when you started the blog like no so it was uh, joomla uh, i don't know what happened to joomla joomla used to be a open source cms uh, and it's not that i researched anything i that's what i used the domain initially was iamjobs.in and it's also a very interesting story uh, 
again i i wasn't the intent was not to build it like a startup so there wasn't very structured extremely structured thought process and there was no i am job sounded like a interesting cool name and i felt you know that it will be interesting to my you know batchmates and friends and so on there was somebody else who had iamjobs.com uh and he was uh, running a recruiting business in gurgaon uh, i i think he was a iam calcutta graduate you know building a recruitment business and he was also trying to do something similar uh, he had a recruiting business he would push you know put some jobs uh, on the platform so over a period of time what happened was iamjobs.in got popular uh, and you know one of the things that i used to do was you know while i used to get a lot of jobs and you were still working uh, while it's getting popular correct so i used to work with a company called uh, rocket talk uh, again was a very interesting company back in 2008 9 trying to build mobile apps uh, early days of mobile internet you know on those J- java symbian phones and so on so very early and that was my first exposure to uh, consumer internet and building for consumer internet uh, i would only you know post jobs that i felt were interesting enough for me or any of my batchmates to apply because the idea was not to i was not optimizing for any metric uh, the idea is not to get large number of jobs in the platform it's a cold side project and i would put what i find interesting and i had limited time which meant that you know some of my friends and others would find would you know really find those jobs exciting and they wouldn't in a lot of cases find those jobs on other you know platforms like nokri or monster or times and shine these were forms back then right so it kind of started to grow extremely popular on its own uh, and uh, i think after about a year year and a half uh, of me doing it on the side uh, you know i used to get large number of jobs i used to you know stay up so i i had a day job which i would you know go to and then come back home had you know early dinner and then you know go back to responding to queries and you know posting jobs and so on so i would stay up how were you sourcing jobs like people were mailing you like no so i was working that network so i was okay. in the network and that's what i had learned at you know those 5 6 years when i had switched so many jobs and consultants would as it got popular people would consultant would send me mails and say hey can you post it on your uh, on the other platform so i won't go out like it's it, i won't go out and call people and say hey, give me job i'll post and all that stuff and i won't care also right because it was just a blog if one job came that day i would post if no job came that day that was fine I would go go sleep early if 20 jobs came then i had a lot of work to do but i won't care i won't measure it was just a fun thing and you know that was that and it got popular the person who was running iamjobs.com uh, or the person who had the domain iamjobs.com basically was not able to kind of build uh, anything meaningful around so one day i just sent him you know asking if he would be okay to you know give me the main name uh, he was kind enough to do so he was like yeah sure uh, there isn't much i am doing with the domain and if you if you keep it so that's how i interestingly i to me uh, did he sell it to you or? 
yeah no i don't no i i think i had to pay for one year or two year whatever is the transfer charge but nothing uh, nothing meaningful and back then i didn't have the money also to pay it was few thousand bucks whatever is the transfer fee that the registrar charges that's all that i paid and uh, and he was kind enough to you know offer hmm. amazing amazing so when did uh, you finally quit your job then so i you know ran it on the side for a couple of years i think i quit my job in 2010 uh and so back then there was no sense of you know how do we monetize it how do we you know put a business around it uh, would it be sustainable uh, you know how would i pay my bills so those those questions were still open uh, what was there two three things you know from my personal standpoint but that happened and that i kind of helped me the most interesting thing was that you know back then there were uh, three or four large job sites backed by big business houses it's of course nokri was extremely large and nokri was public and uh, was uh, then monster used to be a very large company in the us and uh, hindustan times had just launched shine around the same time and they launched you know massive budgets and you know advertising all over and and so on and of course times of india had uh, times jobs like all these platforms were relevant unlike today today only nokri is relevant nokri linkedin are relevant nobody else is relevant today and you know what i could see was that all of these companies had deep pockets spending lot of money in advertising large teams you know fighting for Uh, small shares uh, of market size and what was happening was that i had a small blog uh, which i was just updating on the side i saw that the traffic was growing and you know i would meet people and would say hey i got a job through your platform or some recruiter interviewed so i felt that there is obviously something that is working right and there is some something that is happening obviously interesting i didn't quantify i didn't say hey is the market relationship in the companies that i work with never did it happen that a random person would you know meet me say hey i have seen your work and you know, it brings me some meaning so i am in a corporate job doing some stuff you know every once in a while the manager would say ha theek hai good job or somebody else would say ha theek hai job but it would never happen that you know i would friend of a friend uh some together and so oh acha you and i am jaws very interesting yaar yeah <laughs> i had some money in my account and i felt that you know uh, even though i didn't have a sense of you know how would we monetize or how do we make a business out of it if i keep my cost low and if i don't spend much money i can maybe last 3 uh, 4 years uh, the, the the savings that i had uh 
I had the confidence that if I do something for three years, I'll figure it out. I don't know why. Looking back, you know, it doesn't seem like extremely smart decision making. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> but that was the thought process back then. So I, I then, and you know, interestingly, I also back then studied various other classified companies in the U.S. Uh, Craigslist back then used to be extremely large and popular and dominant. And Craigslist theme all across was to not monetize, right? Or not monetize aggressively. Of course, they monetize and they monetize certain categories. But it's not that the focus is monetization, right? You know, most of those early internet uh, large companies and projects started as, you know, hobby projects and side projects and under monetized. So uh, that theme connected and I felt that yeah, this is also like a hobby which is taking off and just like regular story and so what if it doesn't get monetized. The other thing was that, you know, other large companies were also were, were, were monetizing. In the category, Nokri, Monster, everybody else was monetizing. It's so, again, the other belief was that if there is the customer is spending money for the offering, right? The customer is spending money in this category. So if over a period of time we are able to figure out and we are also delivering some value, we don't know, we are not able to quantify the value, but there is some value, that's the reason they are coming back and posting jobs and so on. So if we can figure out some way to create value, demonstrate value, then some of the spend which is going on, you know, existing large platforms, it will come to us. So that was the thinking back then. And the ambition was not too large. It wasn't like, you know, you know, one had to build a large company or hmm. back, hmm. Back then, the, the, the word unicorn was not invented yet. <laughs> the word unicorn was not coined back then. And there was no mention of, uh, you know, startups in media or, uh, you know, no, nobody would talk about startups. Nobody would talk about playing. Nobody was raising any money. It was extremely hard to raise money. And so, but you did manage to raise money, right? Like uh, pretty early that on. That happened later. That happened later. Back then, the ambition for me was that, you know, I just want to get sustainable. And if I, let's say, work for three years uh, and I bring it to a level where it generates enough cash flow um, for me to sustain myself, then it is an interesting project that I can do all my life. And that that was the extent of ambition that I had. He instead of you know a, a shitty corporate job, <laughs> large company, I would much rather you know do something that I like and there is meaning people know of. Uh, even if I get forty percent of my salary, that's fine. I'm happy to do it all my life. So that I but think that when you quit, it was zero revenue, right? Like that you hadn't started anything for monetization. So it was zero revenue for a very long time. Even after quitting for a few for a few years, it was zero revenue, and there was no hope of revenue. So it's not like I'm going to people and I'm pitching, and they're saying, "No, if you do this, there will be some revenue." There is no hope of revenue. I'm the only person, and I'm not even going out. All I'm doing is I'm just making sure that you know I. Uh, a platform and but uh, 2011 you raised it out from Morpheus right uh, so Samir was the first investor Morpheus used to run a accelerator program uh, back then 
and those were again very early days there was nobody who was you know investing in early stage companies there were some institutional investors but they would do late stage deals or those were extremely rare uh, uh, so uh, so morpheus was our so morpheus samir used to run this accelerator program which was very similar to uh, y combinator in the us and you know they would think 10 com Ten companies in a batch, and you know, would put in small amount. Like, I think they to put in five lakhs. Uh, so th- that was the first uh, investment that we raised in the company. Uh, that that was extremely valuable, and of course, uh, you know, Samir and Morpheus had a extremely valuable role to play uh, in the company, and and uh, you know, that's a relationship and friendship that i uh, i cherish so that i mean now five lakh seems like insignificant uh, back then give me uh, confidence and resources to just hire the first person and you know first engineer number of jobs are growing and those were the high level you know metric that i would look once in a while once in a few weeks or whatever right uh but it is growing and the number of jobs that i am getting to post every day is is also growing the word is spreading and is popular and that's when we, that's when we raised a small round from morpheus and then at the end of the morpheus program they had a road show they had a bunch of uh, you know angel investors who would you know invest in morpheus companies and then uh, uh, in that road show we raised i think 80 85 lakhs so couple of interesting things happened around the same time anand lunia who runs india quotient uh back then he did not incorporated india quotient i think he used to work with some other fund but he was an angel investor in fasos uh and he was hiring for fasos uh i think jaydeep was hiring for fasos and he posted a job on time uh, jobs and he got a tremendous response uh, so anand and i had not met anand i didn't even know who anand was he found my email id he sent me a mail saying you know you know we uh, posted some jobs and i am jobs and we like the response and uh, you know if you are thinking of ever raising a round i would want to invest uh, so that's a interesting it happened at the right time and we were kind of in the process of uh, raising some money uh, so anand invested and this was in uh, 2016 the investment no no this is 2000 maybe 12 12 two years after i had quit my job and i had maybe few months back raised 5 lakhs from morpheus trying to raise 1 crore you know just to to you know to kind of scale up the company and back then even raising 1 crore was not easy there wasn't anybody who was saying ah take one just because you know you have good yeah yeah, yeah. it was a different <laughs> ecosystem <laughs> it was a different yeah. and, uh, so uh, so anand invested some money uh, vijay shekhar uh, who of course runs paytm yes yes uh, invested some money uh, alok bajpai who runs xigo uh, put in some uh, 
couple of other folks. So like 10, 12 people each putting 5, 10 lakhs. Uh, uh, and that's how based uh, 85. But that again gave me some resources to go hire the first few engineers to build the product, to hire the you know, first salesperson uh, and you know start building the company. Of course the brand and the platform was being you know, but kind of building the companies, uh, the organization and the other aspects, right? So interestingly, you know, when we uh, started reaching out to customers, uh, the brand was already established. So it was never a challenge uh, when the salesperson called uh, a recruitment, a recruitment head or recruiter or HR head, they would have heard about I am jobs. In most cases, they would have used the product also, either as a recruiter or as a candidate looking for jobs. Uh, so the brand was established and it was never a challenge to get a meeting. People would say, ha, ajo, yeah, where were you? You know, we've heard so much about you. <laughs> so some of my early meetings are like, where were you all these years? <laughs> and, 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 you know, those were, those were fun meetings and, you know, I, I used to, I used to two weeks a month, one week in Mumbai, and then three four days in Bangalore. So interestingly, while everybody had you know heard about I am Jobs, used it, uh, so trust and confidence was well established. The fundamental challenge back then was, what do we pay for? When saying yeah, job posting is absolutely free, put in my email ID. And I get applications. So people who are happy with it are happy with it. People who are unhappy are unhappy. Anyways, not buy. <laughs> right. So, so the fun. So the challenge is then how do you monetize? And and you know that brought us to a very difficult product question, which is building a classic platform. But if you have free listings, uh, which which obviously help you become popular and gain traffic and so on and so forth. Uh, how do you then monetize? Uh, now, one theory is you say, now that you know the brand is established, the product is established, now every listing is a paid listing. Which again is a content, maybe a wrong call. The discussion on happening and maybe I'm sure it still happens at time jobs. Uh, do we discontinue uh, free listings uh, because a large number of people who are you know getting tremendous value just from free listing right? so anyway so we so those were interesting times we launched a bunch of products so by then you know we had never bought or sold recruiting products we had never seen any recruiting like I had never like I had used Nokri and Monster as a candidate but I had never seen Routing products, so I didn't have a sense of what is the right to build it for monetization. Uh, but you know, some of those uh, I used to travel a lot. I used to meet a lot of uh, HR heads and recruitment heads just to kind of understand what are the products they are using, what are the challenges they are facing, what is it that we could pay for, and we moved extremely fast on that. We were able to kind of add up customers and revenue really fast. 
But what were you selling? Like, uh, like you said yourself, there was already a free listing. So, what were people paying for? So, when there were free listings, people were not paying for anything. Maybe somebody will pay for advertising. Again, that's a tough, tough sell. Some people did limited inventory. This would be uh, people who wanted more response. Uh, they would pay for an ad on the front oh, page or something. Might say this is a interesting employer. Or like yeah. selling a course or something like an education. No, somebody would say, "Hey, we would do that also." Uh, so, uh, so you know, from an advertising standpoint, back then, so I remember American Express launched a card where they were promoting the card only to people from top B schools or top college, some, something like that. They had segmented that we launch a card for a graduate from top school. So, so we gave them an ad slot and they would make pay us three, three and a half lakhs a month. Uh, so that covered a lot of our cost for a long time. Uh, courses we launched much later. That's another interesting uh, point, but that happened much later. But there would be, you know, employers... And it, it is hard to sell advertising, right? I mean, I, uh, advertising on is performance based and people would back then CPC and cost of acquisition and all that. And for a, uh, for a blog platform, it's extremely, extremely hard to monetize unless you have tremendous scale, but like not to, uh, not to make enough revenue from advertising. I was very obvious in. From the beginning, there would be certain vendors or employers who would run employer branding campaign. So uh, I remember Credit Suisse had some campaign, Unilever had some campaign. We'll say put this, and which they are running on Nokri and other. From they say, why don't you put it on your site also? Pay, pay you some money. But so what we did was we launched a bunch of products. We launched premium listings. We had a very interesting product on employer branding. It's something around diversity hiring. We did a product on analytics, data analytics. So we kind of, uh, with that five lakhs, our first few salespeople started closing accounts, starting, started adding customers. And then we became cash flow positive really fast because our costs were low. And unlike other platforms, we were not spending any money on advertising. So our only cost was server cost, which is again insignificant. And then the headcount cost. Uh, so we became cash flow positive really fast. And, you know, we just went on to flow, flowing that money to hire more sales and more engineers and just, you know, build the product based on the feedback they're getting and you know, find more prospects and more customers and sell, sell to them. And that's how we, of course, we raised more money in 2016, I think, which is what you were looking at. It was announced. But that's that's how the journey was. Uh, this was uh, about, uh, I think, uh, almost $2 billion you raised in 2016. Something like that, yeah. Hmm. What kind of uh, annual revenue run rate were you at by that time? I think maybe 13. Hmm. I remember. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, rough numbers is okay. Just to um, get a broad estimate. But that um, revenue used to be like super high quality revenue. Because it's all like high Extremely high cross margin. So okay. Spending any money, mm. all we are doing is just we are just creating a login for you. <laughs> That's very high operating leverage, as they say. Yeah. So, uh, what did you use those funds for then? Why did you raise? I mean, if you had such a high margin. I, looking back, maybe I shouldn't have raised, to be honest. 
but back then the thinking was that uh, you were growing we didn't use any actually we didn't use any of those uh, that money uh looking back maybe i should why do you feel you shouldn't have what was wrong in it like the dilution is what you regret that you diluted your state because, because we didn't use the money because we didn't use the money and of course see the process in itself the process of raising money is distracting it's not like i had 10 people coming and saying his money sign this and you know we had to run the process and meet people and pay and all that which takes so it, the process is distracting get new people in the company and obviously they have their own ways of you're accountable to them then then they will start asking new set of questions to you and... no, no. so looking back i felt that there was no need for all that hassle and i was you know the business was self sustainable maybe could have done was they could have gone to a bank in a line of credit for all that peace of mind and that was all that was required okay So uh, that one, like from sixteen onwards till you sold, uh, tell me that journey and what led up to the sale. So, two thousand nineteen is when we sold the company. Folks at InfoEdge, we we had known each other for a very long time, uh, and I have tremendous respect for the company. And we were a small team. And, I mean, we were doing well. Uh, <laughs> of course nokri had massive distribution and they were working with every employer and so and which is how it actually panned out um, you know the business after the acquisition grew many fold even during covid um, and the brand was established nokri sales team loved the product and they you know started offering it to their existing customers and there was massive uptake and uh, and the revenue actually grew many fold okay So, so what was the revenue when you sold? Like, uh, I think we were doing about twenty crores or so. It's not. We we didn't have other options. We had a lot of options. Any international player who would look at India market would, you know, in very because all analysts were from top schools and they would know IM jobs. People would invariably, you know, come to us. But I always felt that uh, you know, of course, money is important, but but the brand has to be, has to be bigger than each one of us, and it has to outlive us. that's our success uh that's our success uh and that's why i felt that it was extremely important for me to understand out who is the right partner who can uh, uh you know help scale this brand and you know grow the brand further and and that's why i felt that infoage was much much better but you did try to go to other markets like high risk updas we did yes we did launch hmm. high risk high risk high risk did well high risk was a tech hiring platform high risk for hiring tech talent and you know we would go to employers and uh, uh, people would say you know hiring for tech is a challenge and of course that's something that everybody knows uh, so we said okay theek hai let's uh, let's let's uh, use the infrastructure that you know we built for im jobs we to launch something for the tech hiring space and that's when we launched hirest uh hirest scaled well and it is scaling and again uh, continue to grow but doing uh, but i you know looking back i think 
we should have probably invested more in high risk. Uh, we till the time of acquisition, we didn't have a single person who was focused exclusively on high risk. So anything that is happening for IM jobs would happen for high risk. We would use the same, you know, same code base and same tag and everything. Like tech used to be the same, and we used to just you know create another instance and uh, use it on high risk. Our sales team used to be common, and because anybody who's selling jobs to any of those customers would also bundle high risk and would get sold. Uh, so everything was common and. We didn't have anybody to focus exclusively on high risk. Despite that, it was growing and it well, it's getting popular and so on. Looking back, I think I we, you know we could have more resources. But you know, doing multiple things in a startup is hard. Uh, so one has to find the right balance between focus and uh, you know finding new avenues for growth. Uh, in hindsight. Of course, it is easy to say that maybe we should, I should have spent more time, maybe I should have hired a couple of more folks, maybe, you know, diverted more money to high risk. Uh, but back then, uh, the focus was on jobs. Again, we don't want to lose the territory that we won. So, uh, uh, let's talk about Juno now. So, once you sold Lime Jobs to InfoEdge, you joined the group, right? Uh, did you, uh, like, you know... Uh, was was it very clear to you that you're here for a short stint and then you start your next venture? No, not really. Actually, when I when we sold the company, I thought you know uh, I would stay longer and you know, we'll kind of scale it up and uh, we'll continue to do what I was doing earlier. And of course, uh, COVID happened around the same time. And I also explored a bunch of other things. I made some thirty forty angel investments just to kind of figure out. Investing is something that I, you know, enjoyed and wanted to do. But I came to the conclusion that I'm not a big company guy. I don't enjoy, uh, you know, working in large companies. And, and you know, folks at InfoEdge were extremely warm and nice to me all this while. I mean, at every level. Not just at the top, but every level. Uh, they were extremely good to me. They were also good to the platform brand our customers to employees to everybody you know said earlier it was a very very well managed well transaction but personally i felt that you know i didn't enjoy being part of larger company and you know i missed the early days of you know being a startup and you know figuring out things that I like I said I tried investing in a bunch of uh, startups and I felt that I didn't like in investing either. I just I just couldn't sit through you know presentations. <laughs> I I didn't enjoy it at all. And, uh, so that's when I kind of thought uh, the time is right and it's better to kind of go back to uh, what I what I liked and what I enjoyed doing. And so, you know, started to work on Juno And what was the, uh, like, tell me about the birth of the idea. You know, what what made you want to do this? So, basically, uh, you know, we hired a lot of people in sales in IM jobs. We used to have a large team because we had to sell to enterprise customers. 
and we had a large distributed team right so we had, initially we had folks in delhi then we set up offices in every major city uh, mumbai bangalore hyderabad chennai pune all and we used to have there so i spent a lot of time and anybody that we hired in our sales team in iim jobs i uh because i felt that you know uh, they represent the brand and they represent and they represent me in some way uh, so i had to be totally comfortable with whoever is representing you know iim jobs in front of the customer right? so i interviewed thousands of people for you know uh, for for sales roles in in iim there are two three things that you know i learned in the process uh, one thing was you know you know while there are large number of people into a sales role nobody actually goes through a structured formal sales training program it's just not part of our education system for some reason it is just, i don't know why there are so many people who are selling uh, and there is no school there is no university there is nobody who's offering a sales course people who do who go to b school and do their mba you know they have courses for marketing people you know read kotler and 4p and all that stuff right uh, or even if you know there are courses in sales those are leadership courses channel management courses stuff that people would do 10 15 20 years down the line in their career right but nobody is saying you know hey if you're an enterprise sales person or even if you say tail this is how this is the structured sales training nobody goes through that that is why in fact go to the extent of saying that our education system does a terrible job of positioning sales as a career most people in our society for whatever reason i don't know why it doesn't make sense to me as an entrepreneur look down upon sales as a career choice yeah and that's why there are no sales courses also no? i mean nis try, was an attempt by nit to do that but uh, i don't think they could scale because the demand was not there no the demand was there and nis is actually a massive brand yes you talk to people every, like anybody i speak to everybody says nis top of the mind super brand right but those were different times and they were building physical centers and so on and so forth you know i feel that actually not there are large number of people who are in sales roles people who are not in sales roles also need to have sales skills and everybody is selling all the time right from the ceo uh, or folks in other functions right you need to be able to build relationship you need to be able to communicate you need to be able to listen you need to be able to ask the right question you need to be able to pitch what is it that you are proposing you have to follow up irrespective of whether you are in hr you are in product you are in marketing you are in finance so i feel i extremely strongly feel that everybody just the way everybody should financially literate just the way everybody should be able to speak and write well just the way everybody should be able, should have basic maths understanding of maths everybody needs to know sales so that that's that has been thought process for people in the, like in iim jobs you know we used to hire people literally also and then we came to the conclusion that you know most people come with the baggage from the type of industries and companies that they've sold in 
they so they don't have formal uh, sales training and along with that they have baggage on the basis of who their manager was who their lead was you know they would try to sell uh, in that way uh, so we we in i'm job came to the conclusion that it is actually better to hire freshers and to them and put them through a one one two month training training and we found that it was scalable and so on uh, you know people turned out to be to be great you know in our case they were selling top most level you know, people that recruitment had hr had in large companies and they were able to kind of do so so that was the learning and insight which uh, you know i start you know school uh, the idea is that, uh, you know for folks early in their career whether they are in sales or not in sales should go through a two month structured sales training program uh, again sales of course you need to understand the fundamentals you need to have structured framework but also there has to be a significant experiential learning for you to be so you have you so you don't learn by framework you learn by experience right so you do things uh, there is emphasis on role plays uh, assignments there are projects observation uh, shadow yeah, yeah you you can't learn sales from books i mean of course books books are valuable and you 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 need have the basic framework uh, but if, let's say if i have to learn to make a page then i need some mentor who listens to my page and says hey, these are the mistakes that you are doing right or if i am in a sales conversation i want some mentor who tells me these are the questions that you should have asked right or why did you interject at this point when the prospect is speaking you let him speak right so these are the fundamentals while you know you, you could read it in a book that you know you should you should listen more than you speak for example right well, it doesn't register right but when you do it two three times with a trainer and somebody says ki this is the free, then you know th- that's the way to learn sales and that's what we are trying to with junus okay So uh, what is the way in which you're doing this is it an online course is it like do you have like a campus and these are like uh, is it like a uh, like a postgraduate diploma kind of a course or what what is it like no it's a fully right now it's a fully online program uh, and like all the conversation all the discussions all meetings everything happens uh Yeah, I mentioned sales is a life skill. Everybody should do it. Why should we put barriers and restriction on who and who cannot learn sales? That everybody is, you know, most welcome and 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 should do that. We are just getting started. I feel that you know, as we grow, we will see sales in itself is fairly specialized across industry, right? So the way enterprise software is sold. is different from the way real estate is sold is different from other consumer products and so on so forth right? so while you know we're just getting started i feel as we scale makes sense to actually specialize have specialized courses across industry level and so on so forth but right now we're doing one program which is a two month program uh, which is online happens early morning or Uh, evenings, and then we bring in we invite 
people from the industry, you know, spend time and uh, talk about best practices. Interestingly, uh, uh, you know, the technology has so many tools makes the job of a salesperson so much easier. Uh, you today hire and, you know, talk to most people won't be aware, right? So again, just the way you, for example, have labs in an engineering college, you know, you know, we have the same construct where we say, hey, these are the tools that every salesperson should. Okay. So like LinkedIn uh, sales navigator, for example. You know, a bunch of them like CRM, for example, is basic. LinkedIn sales nav- sales navigator. Uh, then there are a lot of tools that help you prospect. There are tools that, for example, uh, help you send the right emails. Uh, are your mails being read or not? Uh, how do you send a pricing quotation? So, like, tons of tools which are available in the in in, in the market uh, that most people are not exposed to, and I feel that you know that would help them be be more employable and do much better in their sales career. Mm-hmm. So, you you have like a collaboration with the companies behind these tools to to kind of let the students get a experience of it. So we 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 you know we invite experts and uh, they kind of demo the product, show the product. We have sessions. Uh, see, most of these products are free to register for consumers. Right, right, right. There'll be a trial period and all that premium yeah, model. Then nobody yeah. stops you from actually mm. registering on LinkedIn Sales Navigator for a month. And, 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 and use the same for Salesforce, same for any other CEO. So we don't have those collaborations today, but I think those are not very hard to do. And as we scale up, kind of. And, uh, so what is the uh, cohort for this? Is it like people who are already doing sales? So, um, uh, there are two, three type of people that we get to see, uh, in the cohorts. Uh, one is folks who have three, two to five years of experience in sales who are self and who know that this is a gap. They want they think they think that for the right path. They want to pursue and you know do better on, on you know in a in, in, in the sales role that they are in. But they also feel that they don't have the adequate skills and they want to acquire those skills. That's one large cohort. Uh, the other uh, is there are a lot of small business owners who feel that, you know, uh, they can do much better uh, if they uh, have better sales skills. Uh, interestingly, business owners for us is a, is a smaller cohort, but it, it's another segment that uh, we're seeing of interest from. Then the third is people who are not in a sales role, who are either in adjacent roles or people who are like not related to sales at all but feel that you know these are things that they should anyways know uh, that's also another inter- I mean though these two are smaller segments the larger segment is of course people who are already in sales and self-aware and want to do better so do you also plan uh, a B2B uh, version of it like where you for example would go to Noxy.com and run a sales training program for their uh, uh, sales team and things like that See, the thing with B2B is then it and you end up uh, customizing. 
it and it doesn't stay a product right so for example if i go to a company that has a large sales team they'll say like people like all large companies actually engage with uh training training companies and freelancers you know who help from a sales training stand but the level of customization that is required is extremely high right so then you end up being in a services business which doesn't scale and so right uh, so the idea here is to not become a consulting firm a training consulting firm but create a defined and a product that we can offer at scale now some employer comes to us and says hey one of our guys this program and we really liked it can you give us 30 more the answer to that is yes but with no customization as is because they are more welcome to join the program but but the see, it's the same problem in i am jobs also when we started selling i am jobs people used to say hey can you hire for us of course we can hire but then we end up become a recruitment agency right which doesn't scale and is a different model and so on so we are very clearly we are a product business we want to build our brand we want to scale the product so that we can offer it to a large number of customers right so just the isb also offers programs to companies but it's a brand right so we want juno to be the brand and offer courses which can be offered at scale to a large number so what is the product journey so far what what have you built as as a product here like what of course would be like a video conferencing part of it for the classes what else is there so we are extremely early in the process and it's been a few months a few few quarters and i feel that we are still at a stage where we are figuring out the right value proposition for our customers see building a product is easy once you know what you have to do you can build that right and building a lms or a workflow product again is 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 easy now is a solved problem right the harder problem is is to say hey what is the what is the curriculum that we should offer right that we could offer what is the right duration what is the right curriculum in that duration a create some meaningful impact in the life of person who is actually taking the program right if i go through your program for two months like do i actually become a better sales person right or if i am not in sales do i acquire certain skills that help me uh, that help me do better in whatever i am doing so i think right now we are at, on a journey and then it has to be uh, done in a way that it is easier to sell right it has to be meaningful to the person who is buying but at the same time uh, it has to be packaged and priced in a way uh that it is easier to sell and then you figure out what is the right go to market and so so i think uh, we are at a stage where you know we are trying to identify that offering and value proposition before we start writing software okay makes sense okay and what have you priced it at so right now it is priced at 10000 rupees hmm okay which is pretty reasonable uh-huh. which is uh, low price i mean of course we are at a stage where we have we just put a number and we say okay let's see what is the take we don't know when see if i were to think about it in terms of value that is being delivered of course it is maybe 10 times the value 
that is being delivered but the harder problem at this stage is to demonstrate value yeah. what is, and figure out what is the right price point that the market buy what is the way to demonstrate value is it through salary increases like jobs is it a job oriented course no no so we are very clear that uh, we don't promise jobs we are not a recruitment business wo kar liya hum yeah i'm not building a recruitment company now so see again coming back to the same discussion we had earlier right see if i start promising jobs i will have millions of people outside my door tomorrow morning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah 10000 uh, yeah, yeah absolutely and at the price right even at 1 lakh i'll get right lot of interest right? but the point is yeah, are you able to deliver on that price consistently uh, so our view is very clear we are not promising jobs we are promising education and skill set and if we do a good job of teaching you sales then finding a job is not hard the finding a job is also a sales process you have to prospect you have to create the list of companies that you're interested in then you have to find the right people in those companies reach out to them then you have to say ki yaar i am person because this is the experience that i have and then you have to try to close so finding a job for a good sales person is actually uh is is fairly trivial uh so our view is very clear we we are not a recruitment company we don't promise jobs we promise good education we promise skill building and hopefully that should translate into a great career for you we are extremely clear that this is the path that and is this uh, like a, a cohort based learning like you have like say a batch of 50 kids yeah. and they learn together with lot of peer uh, activities yeah. group active like how an mba is is it like a similar approach it's actually better than mba at least the mba that i did of course it is not residential but there is a cohort of 40 learners which is extremely interactive and there are a bunch of you know projects and and role plays are extremely important in sales so people do all give feedback to each other trainers give feedback that's some of these skills get and how many kids have you uh, like trained so far how many students i think we have about 17 1800 learners so far like it is very early like the market is huge there so many people like everybody should learn sales i feel it's like it's near zero Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Right, right, right. So, what's your advice to uh, young professionals who are thinking about entrepreneurship? So, uh, my advice to them would be acquire skills, focus on skills, take up roles where you get to learn your skills. It's learn to sell, learn write code. Uh, learn marketing do all that uh, keep your personal cost low i haven't seen lot of people get successful in a year or two i mean of course some people win lottery tickets 
sure you can you know you can pinpoint and say ha ha you're successful in 6 months but for all the people that i know in my that and you know people i started then so on and it's much easier to raise money now uh, but my advice to 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 people who are thinking of starting up uh, same money keep your cost low acquire skills and that brings us to the end of this conversation i want to ask you for a favor now did you like listening to the show i'd love to hear your feedback about it do you have your own startup ideas i'd love to hear them do you have questions for any of the guests that you heard about in the show i'd love to get your questions and pass them on to the guests write to me at ad@thepodium.in at that's ad@thepodium.in at